1: Good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners, and welcome to another episode sure to take you on another exciting journey. I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Market Atomy LLC, a business growth consultancy. So today we have a very exciting and challenging program guaranteed to get your creative juices flowing and have you rethinking the way you build and engage your team and make critical growth decisions. Our guest today is consistently recognized as a thought leader working side by side with Fortune 500 and new economy executives in designing and leading systemic business changes and design. The author of The Regenerative Business, Redesign Work, Cultivate Human Potential, and Achieve Extraordinary Outcomes. She builds upon her core beliefs that we all have not only the desire, but even more importantly, the opportunity to make a bigger, much bigger impact on the world and other people's lives than we realize. With today's changing economy and workplace structures, it's even more important than ever to actively engage in how to develop human talent that will benefit the individual and the business society. Please welcome Carol Sanford as we explore how relying on best practices no longer work and how leaders and their teams can see a future that not only delivers extraordinary financial results, but impacts far beyond the marketplace and communities in which we live. So welcome, Carol. Well, thank you.
0: What an introduction. Great to be here. (laughs) well I did a lot of research trying to pull that together so yeah <laughs> well thank you for that well
1: you're a very dynamic lady and you've you've accomplished a lot so I'm really uh, I'm really impressed and really happy to have you here on charged up studio I think our listeners can can gain a lot of insight from what you have to share so I love your passion and the belief around cultivating a culture that serves A higher purpose than simply financial gain, Uh, especially when it comes to making an impact for the betterment of those we serve, our market and our community. Mm. So, So my company, Market Academy, was built on the belief that by creating a positive change within the small, micro, and solo business environment in the U.S., we'll have only a positive ripple effect on our national GDP, our labor force, and the overall Mm. psyche of leaders everywhere. So before we move any further into our our questions, could you explain to our audience what the term regeneration means within the context of your book?
0: Sure, and I have two books with that in the name, and a third one will be out in October of my six books. Regeneration actually comes from a root which is related to realize, and, it mean, and especially through indigenous cultures, that word is about bringing forward the essence, the distinctiveness, the specificity of an entity, as opposed to deciding what the ideal is for everyone and having it be laid on everyone. And then it means <clears throat> to realize the capacity or to grow and develop what it takes to realize who we are. So, the reason I really resonate with your premise about you know, you can make a huge difference with small businesses is they are more likely to still be close to their essence and seeking to realize, bring that into the world. And the one thing I work with them and encourage them to do is build the capacity and capability to do that to bring that into the world. And then they have, um, we're right on top of my meaning of regeneration. Well, excellent, excellent. So you've
1: used the term disruptive within your book. Change takes time and is often met with resistance, especially when dealing with a team of individuals. So how do you manage the negative that is often associated with change to build a strong team of leaders that buy in to the idea of disruptive thinking.
0: All right. First, there are zero problems with disruption, except in the mind. Yeah. The mind is where it starts. There is nothing can change. Nothing can grow. No seed can be sprouted. Uh, no new idea can be born without disrupting the ideas that keep it from being seen. So, I work with, I'm an educator, I'm not a consultant, I don't tell people what to do. I teach them how change really works, and particularly different levels, because we can do some kind of change on automatic, you know, we improve things, move things along. We can even do some things by upgrading, changing, and borrowing. But if you want to do this regenerative change I'm talking about, you have to disrupt. Uh, And I say my essence is disrupt certainty. That's basically what people get stuck in. They think they already know. So you want to build a culture that is routinely changing, not periodically. Uh, The periodic, and uh, usually it's from outside, up above, outside in the world. And that's scary. We're not, we don't have any way to handle it. So I build capability to face and embrace uncertainty, to build capability for resilience, change. And that requires a couple of things. One, it requires a rhythm of introducing new ideas, that people choose what they're gonna do with them. And if what you're doing is, I, I work like at least monthly and sometimes more with the company in an education format, a couple of hours up to a whole day, they get used to, they begin to feel the value of their ability to manage change and you have them go apply apply it immediately to something they want to apply it to. Now we put people back in charge and we give them the capability. So disruption and change, it's really only that we don't have the capability to deal with it. It has nothing to do with innate uh, as humans. Okay, okay.
1: I've lately, um, probably the last, probably month, month and a half, I have been on a concerted effort um, as far as myself and Mark Anatomy is concerned, is to um, kind of challenge the way our education system right now is, and the importance of us getting doing that disruptive change that's important right now, because our children are not being taught how to think creatively. They're not being taught how to to problem solve and things like that. What are your
0: thoughts on that? uh, In my most recent book, The Regenerative Life, there's a chapter (laughs) called The Regenerative Educator. And it says pretty much what you did. Um, I'll say the way I say it and what we uh, encourage people to do. What I say is right now schools and not only public schools or private schools, but education inside companies, uh, online, are all about teaching knowledge. Here's a set of things you should know, a a list of things you should practice. Most of those are uh, first too generic. They're fragmented in pieces all over the place. They're all about problem solving, and I'm not a fan of problem solving. I want people looking at potential because problems always have you looking at where you're stuck, and then you get further stuck by working on only that without the context. You know, you stumbled over the word systemic versus systematic. Systematic. In order to get to systemic, you have to really uh, get beyond the prescriptive ways we should do things. So yeah. the, what I say, the essence of the regenerative educator is, is developing intelligence, the ability to actually make sense out of the work. And uh, I talk about different kinds of thinking There's uh, uh, and different mindsets. So we, most people now have heard about the difference between fixed and growth. That's great, except growth is not really based on essence. I want people going to develop mental thinking. Uh, and that's what educators do, which is teach everyone to develop the capacity for thinking for uh, and including themselves. What makes me reactive? Why do I uh, get stuck? Where are my attachments, right? I have to know myself. Right. Secondly. I have to know the sources of the material that's coming at me. I don't accept anything anyone gives me without a long dialogue about how'd you get to that? Where did you get that? Uh, How is your mind shaping? Is that your own parents' history? Is that your uh, bachelor's degree? Do you know what their their source was and have you examined it? So I think I'm just extrapolating a bit on what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: education. it's almost like a yeah it's almost like a child when they're when we're growing up, you know, the child is constantly asking why. Why yeah. why? And we and should be
0: asking why. And how. Yes. I, I think how is equally important. And kids do ask how. Uh, they are usually a little older. They go from why to how. Uh and the why, it, it, of course, most of what we're taught is the what. Here's what you're supposed to know. Here's what the test is based on. Here's what the best practices are, all of which are useless when the world changes and you want to change. I think you're right asking more about how do we get to that? What's behind that? Why does it matter? And how is it inviting me to think? And how were the people thinking? So we need a whole lot more questions than absorbing knowledge. I I fully agree with you there. So you put a
1: lot of faith in people in general and their ability to grow and develop
0: beyond their leaders. Can
1: you talk to why you believe this is the case?
0: Well, that includes leaders because pretty much in companies I work in, leadership becomes a process and there's no hierarchy. It, It dissolves. I don't make it go away. I don't undo it. It changes the role to role. The, the reason I do is I'm you know an old lady now. I've taught in universities. I've uh, worked in large corporations around the world. I've worked in small businesses that have grown, been uh, sold or bought or uh, something. I have, I'm trying to think even today The only couple of people I can think of that once they were in a culture with infrastructure where everybody was growing, everyone was contributing, you got rid of all the external uh, feedback and management and you had people working with directly more so with customers and greater design uh, and allowing them to express their essence. It is so rare that people don't grow. It's not even worth considering as an option. Uh and some people say, well, what if they don't want to? I said there's no one who isn't unless they're very depressed or mentally ill. And we're not talking about those people. They're not in the ones, well, there are people who are depressed, but usually uh people who are really really stuck have been uh shuttled into some system where um well we don't even need to go there. In other words It's rare, and I have been in South Africa where black Africans hadn't been to school in decades, almost a century. Uh, I've been in the um, uh, Philippines, I've been in all, all um, Malaysia, all over Europe, in the, the Appalachia country here, in places where there was low ability to read and write. None of that seems to matter. The ones who have the hardest time, are the people who have higher degrees and got strongly attached to their view and their answers of the world. But even they break loose. So I'd have to say it's my experience. And now there's research showing that people never stop growing, never stop learning, no matter how old they they get, if they're in the right culture and the right infrastructure.
1: Oh, I I definitely agree. I never stop learning. And, yeah. I'm, and, and it doesn't matter whether I am learning from a competitor or from a colleague or whatever, you know, there's always, mm-hmm. there's always new lessons that can be learned. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, with that being said, you know, as a strategist myself, I teach a methodology of systematic discovery. Right, right that stems from education, cognitive decision-making, and clearly stated purpose, a clearly stated purpose. Mm -hmm. We've had this discussion before, and even though I have a systematized approach to work with micro solo entrepreneurs to help them answer the questions, what do I do now? What do I do next? At the same time, I agree with your philosophy that, to discover the why, the how, you know, so you need these these education programs, these educational programs, so they can help discover the how and the why, okay, so can you talk a little bit more about this, and what you mean by your, you you said in one of your books, you said promise beyond ableness, what is that?
0: All right. Well, let's back up and answer your first question. Uh, I'm going to give you my way of thinking about the difference and the why behind systemic versus systematic. Uh, I do believe there are things in the world need to be systematic, but it usually puts people to sleep on automatic and we assume it's the same for everyone. Every time systemic means to me, the ability to look at a system, a specific one, a company, a unique company, a watershed, a city, and and really figure out what it needs. And I start with premises. I, and I have this principle of I never, ever, ever create a program that I do twice. I throw away my PowerPoints. I throw away my handouts. Because I if I don't stay alive and fresh and regenerate based on what's in front of me. Uh, I call it uh, designing for someone, nothing for the shelf. In other words, there's no program I can go pull off the shelf. To me, that is what makes regeneration possible and relevance. Uh, we did this with Seventh Generation, a, a company that makes non-toxic uh, products for families and households and personal care. Mm-hmm. And they finally got the idea that you don't want to be even a sales call having a formula that you use because you're no longer present with people in front of you. You don't want to have a formula with how you create new product offerings, like the whole thing, because you don't invent them or what you're doing is improving from the past. So my work is all about getting people off automatic, but learning how to create frameworks to think through. Uh, Frameworks are different than models. And so models can let us be systematic. Frameworks teach us to ask questions, not to borrow and keep the same answers. Now, let me talk about what proposes beyond ableness. And don't anybody try and go do this immediately. It (laughs) takes several years of building a culture, building capability. Uh, And I do have quite a bit about it in the regenerative business and in the regenerative life for individuals. If we actually look at the world with fresh eyes, if one of your small companies has a wonderful food product or a technology product, And what they can see, and they work on seeing that their customers, their users need something that no one's providing, but it's within the corporate direction of their work. And they don't know how to do it. They don't have the people around. Their tendency is to say, well, um, that's not our work. But if you set up a company where 100% of people in there are watching the customers, the users, the buyers, and seeing what they need in their life, and doing the research, doing the background work on does it fit our essence, is it our corporate direction, will it really make a difference in their lives, they can make a promise to that customer, consumer, distributor, whoever is buying from them, that they're going to learn how to do that because they can see what they need. So they're inventing an idea from the customer's life, not from their own, that would be fun to do, but something they can see keeps breaking uh, down their ability to function like a system of things. They write all that up. They get alignment across their company. They put together resources. They go to work. They learn how to do it. Uh, The customer doesn't always know they're going to do it. It can be a surprise. But what we're doing now is we're growing the person who comes up with the idea. We're inventing out of understanding their life, not a survey, not a list of things we can improve on. And that promise that we make will awaken our creativity because we've now got somebody counting on us and it's beyond our ableness. So we're going to grow. And that process is going to grow our company. I've set those up in all companies, but hopefully you can hear that you don't go out tomorrow and say, employees, I want all of you to create a promise to our customers. You have to learn to read customer's Uh, essence. Learn how you work with them from who you are. Stay within your corporate direction. Learn how you build learning and development into everything. Create infrastructure for all that to happen. If you want to read how to do it starting with your children, I write about it in The Regenerative Life, how I did that with my children starting when they were six years old. Uh, Learning how to make very small promises to the family and uh, you know, both of my birth children and a few others I raised have, are now very excited about continuing to promise to do something they don't yet know how to do, but it'll make a huge difference in somebody's life.
1: No, I, I fully agree. You know, that, uh, that ability to be able to, um, to, to recognize
0: and, and go for it is highly uplifting. Yeah, you know. and especially um, if you don't quite know how. Now you're learning how to manage change, and yeah. you've disrupted yourself. Yeah.
1: And I do that on a regular basis in all Good. You know. Good. Um, I've challenged people. You know, um, when they say, "Well, this just can't be done," and I, you know, my thoughts are, "You just haven't figured it out yet. Let's sit right. down and let's look at how can we make this happen."
0: You know, and, it, and if we can see it's really needed, not just our own arrogance wanting to do it, now we've got purpose behind it. We've got meaning yes. embedded in it. And that's when life gets really exciting and useful.
1: Exactly, exactly. So you've worked with many Fortune 500 companies over the years with huge yep. success, okay? And how can small solo and micro business owners begin to introduce this methodology or, or your systemic process?
0: Well, you have to join a community because you don't do it alone. I put people in communities together because you have to learn about it. You have to learn, to, you, uh, I've done some things people could go start with on Facebook. I have a, a group called the regenerative life Um group, I think that's what they call them, where I did a series of morning meetings at the start of the lockdown. And it introduced first how to learn to get yourself more resilient, more regenerative. Uh, then you can have people in your company learning that because you have to change how people work. Uh, and it isn't about doing, it's a lot about thinking. As you said, they've been educated and taken on uh, right. their learning and their work practices and made them rote, And you have to un routinize them uh and so you can start i have a lot of people who buy my books a hundred at a time start a community of people in a book club and i created workbooks and extra materials and so that both of those things a facebook group and trying to do a book club are a good way to start and be within a community of learning uh, i mean it's something that I do is an educational format. So you have to be doing this as a re-education, not as a program you're going to implement because the implementation will be based on old thinking, the way you would do it. Uh, And so much what I'm talking about, you have to undo rewards, recognition, the way you hire, uh, the incentives, approvals, hierarchies, and so the way you start is by educating, uh, uneducating, unrolling back all that. And the books and a book club and a conversation are a good start. And then if you want, I've got communities of people who've been in this work. I work with 10 to 12 in in groups, but so that's cheap to be a part of. If you uh, do what I did with corporations of a few hundred thousand dollars a year with the big guys, uh, small companies, can't do it but i have in those kind of groups numi tea rebel beverages i even have a microsoft group which is a big group but mostly they're small food mm-hmm. companies construction etc
1: oh okay okay are there any limitations to this type of of uh, leadership program
0: uh i'm not sure i know what you mean there uh the the major caveat is um, you have to work on yourself more than you, before you try and do anything. And if you catch yourself using the language of incentives, rewards, um, all, all those kind of things, you know, you haven't let go of. Uh, chapter three in the regenerative business, which you pointed out, has 30 toxic practices. And you can get that chapter for free on my website on carolsanford.com as an introduction to the book. And if you've got all those practices in place, you can't really move into uh, where people self-managing, self-directed, they learn to make promises beyond ableness. uh, And just so people know, this isn't all um, pie in the sky. Each of my CEOs at large companies and small publish that they grow 35 to 65% per annum for five years in cash flow from doing this. So, yeah. this is a way you end up making money. But as Jeffrey Hollander said, the founder of Seventh Generation, this changed his life and changed his business. And so did Chad Holliday, chairman, CEO, and president of DuPont just big company, a little company, mm-hmm. uh, when he wrote the forward to my first business, our book, The Responsi- uh, Responsible Business. So the caveats are in the book. Uh, you can't go do all this from the book, but you can get the flavor and then you can become a part of a community of people who are doing it and learn together.
1: Okay,
0: okay. So- It's like you do. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. You put people in a, com- a learning community, right. so, and they can't do it without the re-education. So you and I are exactly uh, on the same yeah, page. Yeah, you know the systemic and the systematic
1: approach. You know that it, it melds together to a degree. The systemic leading, and maybe the systematic. of filling in some gaps.
0: I don't know. You know, I have to look at it a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I would say there are things to do systematically. When you start up an airplane, you better do it systematically. Right. But you want it to be specific. You don't start up all airplanes the same and on any one day, something could be awry and you better catch it because you can go through your systematic work and miss something. But if you design it based for a specific instance a specific company then you can create your own for that event systematic and then you can tell when you're varying so yes there are times to excellent. line things up excellent okay
1: so um uh, with the the regenerative you know teaching and and what you're bringing to the table right now and the changing economy to more of a virtual hybrid type environment How does this process that you're introducing work
0: within a teaming
1: environment when when we're working virtually?
0: Well, when you work with an education format, Um, you know, you have a lot more flexibility. But there are a couple of things that are critical to the way I work. You always have natural work teams. So you don't take all marketing people and educate them together or all sales or R&D. You put natural teams. And those are not natural teams. They're segmented teams. Right. uh, Fragmented. So you take when I have people come online or in person. They come with a team that's going to work on the change of the whole. So that whole can be a business unit within a large company like DuPont or Google, or it can be a, a single company. I'm going to keep coming back to Numiti because they're kind of a brand neighbor, everybody knows. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're less than a hundred people. I mean, it they contract for a lot of things like most small businesses. What they're doing is... Uh, really working together and they apply things immediately to their business. If you treat it as cold storage training, none of what I do works. If you treat it as uh, individuals coming out of a bunch of groups, that doesn't work. You have to make it what I call actualizing and potentializing, learning and doing simultaneously with a real team who's going to carry it into action. None of that matters whether you're Uh, uh, online I do hybrid events I have people teams who are in a location and you have uh, a business unit that's a whole and I may have 10 of those online and so in their small rooms they can work together Uh, if you try to do anything where you don't have a natural team then I don't think even in normal times, splitting people up by individuals does anything. So mine is about thinking. Mm -hmm. The doing is going to happen either in real time or in some modified time. And so it's not going to change. I guess basically there's, if you can design and think together, now you can figure out how to implement and deal with the craziness we've got. Yes, (laughs) definitely, definitely.
1: Um, Do you have a horror story from one of your uh, projects that you've worked with that you can share?
0: Well, I have one that happened as we were first coming in before people let go of something. Uh, A company, a forest products company, uh, one of the smaller ones, uh, had instituted 360-degree feedback. Uh, and uh, people learned pretty quickly that that's the death knoll to real growth and development. And they were a fairly small operation. I think they were like 500 people. Um, the first guy they had and did it with, Jerry, would sit I actually tell this story in uh, the regenerative business. Everybody had a hard time because Jerry constantly questioned things. He was like the six-year-old, but it wasn't so much why. He would always say, well, I think this will happen and that'll happen. And so when they did 360, and the amazing thing was his group, he was a a supervisor, his group was the highest performing group in the whole unit across three facilities. Uh, But 360-degree feedback, people started telling him, you're not a team player You don't go with the consensus. Uh, You know, it's hard to work with you because you question everything. And Jerry left uh, and his unit collapsed. And they slowly realized that what Jerry was doing was being the clown or the elephant in the room which talked about what no one else uh, would talk about. Mm -hmm. So in The Regenerative Life, well, no, The Responsible Entrepreneur, my second book, I talk about all these different roles and you still don't want to give feedback or put people in them. But when we try and put people in a box, which most of the programs that exist out there do, what we, oh, and by the way, Jerry started his own company and became competitor with them and became a contract packer with his competitors and went on to soar and he understood what happened and so he fostered this incredible different worldviews, different archetypes at play and and swore there would never be any kind of feedback in his organization wow wow yeah you know it's it's amazing you know some things work and some things don't you know but um well there's a way to know you want to know what the way is to know if they are externally determined for another person see people were deciding what jerry ought to look like how he ought to behave and they even kind of congregated and there got to be so many of them it looked like it was true if it's ever external and not pulled out of jerry with his essence what he's trying to create and every other person you know it's not going to work yeah. Uh, because it's based on behavioral theory, the study of rats and unless you manage rats, none of that behavioral stuff is good for your company.
1: Um, yeah no definitely definitely. So we're coming you know up on our close of okay. this episode and um, uh, Carol, can you um, do you have anything that you want to, invite our listeners to participate in do you have a giveaway anything that you want to
0: talk about um well i i don't give away things generally and I, I know that's a great theory yes. but what i want is people's real will coming toward this not people who come to get but the one thing you can get for free is all of my books have a free chapter on Sanford.com under the um uh, books page and the new book is coming out what i'll offer your listeners uh because they've if they're where we are right now they've listened to the whole thing Mm -hmm. i will give them an advanced uh draft copy of the newest book on indirect work what it is we have to change about how we create work systems and parenting systems uh and so if they send me uh an email from carolsanford.com. You can go to the contact sheet. You can send me an email and say, "Please, I'd love to have uh, a pre-read, pre-reading copy. It's only like a hundred pages of your new book." And, and at carolsanford.com, you can get to my that that one's about books and speaking. Uh, the other thing is, go listen to my podcast, Business Second Opinion where I critique critique Harvard Business Review and all their advice, one article at a time and give uh, an alternative. And you can get to that on carolsenford.com, Second Opinion. And it's mostly story and people send me articles and say, I love your opinion on this article. So all of you can do that. If you scroll down, you can sign up for a newsletter. I do do free events, uh, but you have to be on my newsletter. um, And (laughs) I've got one coming up that's going to be about regenerative parenting, how you apply all the new quantum theory, regenerative theory, to being a parent, and w- which actually includes a lot for educators, too. And you can also follow over to my individual communities for educators, for women entrepreneurs, for uh, change agents. So if you get to carolsanford.com, you can pretty much get to everything else. And there's a lot of free stuff in there. All right. Well, thank you
1: to our special guest, Carol Sanford, and all of you, our listeners out there as we close out another exciting episode of Charged Up Studio. Please be sure to leave a review on whichever platform you are listening to us on or click on the link included in the transcript of this podcast to be directed to where you can leave a review. Once again, this is Dana Oliva with Charged Up Studio and Market Academy LLC. I look forward to talking with you once again next week. Um, carol, can you let them know, uh, is there an email they can reach
0: you at, or should they just go to your website? No, carol at carolsanford.com will get to me. All, All right. about me. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. All right. and Until
1: next time, have a super charged up week. Bye-bye. And you can always reach us
0: at info. At chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon.